0: March eleventh to seventeenth of Morning and Evening Daily Readings. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Morning and Evening Daily Readings by Charles Spurgeon. Morning, March eleventh. Sin, exceedingly sinful. Romans 7.13. Beware of light thoughts of sin. At the time of conversion, the conscience is so tender that we are afraid of the slightest sin. Young converts have a holy timidity, a godly fear lest they should offend against God. But alas, very soon, the fine bloom upon these first ripe fruits is removed by the rough handling of the surrounding world. The sensitive plant of young piety turns into a willow in afterlife, too pliant, too easily yielding. It is sadly true that even a Christian may grow by degrees so callous that the sin which once startled him does not alarm him in the least. By degrees, men get familiar with sin. The ear in which the cannon has been booming will not notice slight sounds. At first a little sin startles us, but soon we say, Is it not a little one? Then there comes another, larger, and then another, until by degrees we begin to regard sin as but a little ill, and then follows an unholy presumption. We have not fallen into open sin. True, we tripped a little, but we stood upright in the main. We may have uttered one unholy word, but as for the most of our conversation, it has been consistent. So we palliate sin, we throw a cloak over it, We call it by dainty names. Christian, beware how thou thinkest lightly of sin. Take heed lest thou fall by little and little. Sin a little thing? Is it not a poison? Who knows its deadliness? Sin a little thing? Do not the little foxes spoil the grapes? Doth not the tiny coral insect build a rock which wrecks a navy? Do not little strokes fell lofty oaks? WILL NOT CONTINUAL DROPPINGS WEAR AWAY STONES? SIN, A LITTLE THING? IT GIRDED THE REDEEMER'S HEAD WITH THORNS, AND PIERCED HIS HEART. IT MADE HIM SUFFER ANGUISH, BITTERNESS, AND WOE. COULD YOU WEIGH THE LEAST SIN IN THE SCALES OF ETERNITY, YOU WOULD FLY FROM IT AS FROM A SERPENT, AND ABHOR THE LEAST APPEARANCE OF EVIL. LOOK UPON ALL SIN AS THAT WHICH CRUCIFIED THE SAVIOR, AND YOU WILL SEE IT TO BE EXCEEDINGLY SINFUL. evening march eleventh thou shalt be called out sought out isaiah sixty two twelve the surpassing grace of god is seen very clearly in that we were not only sought but sought out men seek for a thing which is lost upon the floor of the house but in such a case there is only seeking not seeking out the loss is more perplexing and the search more persevering when a thing is sought out We were mingled with the mire. We were as when some precious piece of gold falls into the sewer, and men gather out and carefully inspect a mass of abominable filth, and continue to rake and stir, and search among the heap until the treasure is found. Or, to use another figure, we were lost in a labyrinth, we wandered hither and thither, and when mercy came after us with the gospel, it did not find us at the first coming. It had to search for us and seek us out, FOR WE, AS LOST SHEEP, WERE SO DESPERATELY LOST, AND HAD WANDERED INTO SUCH A STRANGE COUNTRY THAT IT DID NOT SEEM POSSIBLE THAT EVEN THE GOOD SHEPHERD SHOULD TRACK OUR DEVIOUS ROAMINGS. GLORY BE TO UNCONQUERABLE GRACE, WE WERE SOUGHT OUT. NO GLOOM COULD HIDE US, NO FILTHINESS COULD CONCEAL US, WE WERE FOUND AND BROUGHT HOME. GLORY BE TO INFINITE LOVE, GOD THE HOLY SPIRIT RESTORED US. The lives of some of God's people, if they could be written, would fill us with holy astonishment. Strange and marvellous are the ways which God used in their case to find his own. Blessed be his name, he never relinquishes the search until the chosen are sought out effectually. They are not a people sought to-day and cast away to-morrow. Almightyness and wisdom combined will make no failures, they shall be called sought out that any should be sought out is matchless grace, but that we should be sought out is grace beyond degree. We can find no reason for it but God's own sovereign love, and can only lift up our heart in wonder and praise the Lord that this night we wear the name of sought out. Morning, March twelfth. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. Matthew five forty three love thy neighbor. Perhaps he rolls in riches, and thou art poor, and living in thy little cot side by side with his lordly mansion. Thou seest every day his estates, his fine linen, and his sumptuous banquets. God has given him these gifts. Covet not his wealth, and think no hard thoughts concerning him. Be content with thine own lot, if thou canst not better it. But do not look upon thy neighbor, and wish that he were as thyself. Love him, and then thou wilt not envy him. Perhaps, on the other hand, thou art rich, and near thee reside the poor. Do not scorn to call them neighbor. Own that thou art bound to love them. The world calls them thy inferiors. In what are they inferior? They are far more thine equals than thine inferiors. For God hath made of one blood all people that dwell upon the face of the earth. It is thy coat which is better than theirs, but thou art by no means better than they. They are men, and what art thou more than that? Take heed that thou love thy neighbor even though he be in rags or sunken in the depths of poverty. But perhaps you say, I cannot love my neighbors, because for all I do they return ingratitude and contempt. So much the more room for the heroism of love wouldst thou be a feather-bed warrior instead of bearing the rough fight of love he who dares the most shall win the most and if rough be thy path of love tread it boldly still loving thy neighbours through thick and thin heap coals of fire on their heads and if they be hard to please seek not to please them but to please thy master and remember if they spurn thy love thy master hath not spurned it and thy deed is as acceptable to him as if it had been acceptable to them. Love thy neighbor, for in so doing thou art following the footsteps of Christ. Evening, March twelfth. To whom belongest thou? First Samuel thirty thirteen. No neutralities can exist in religion. We are either ranked under the banner of Prince Emmanuel to serve and fight his battles, or we are vassals of the black prince Satan. To whom belongest thou? Reader, let me assist you in your response. Have you been born again? If you have, you belong to Christ, but without the new birth, you cannot be his. In whom do you trust? For those who believe in Jesus are the sons of God. Whose work are you doing? You are sure to serve your master, for he whom you serve is thereby owned to be your Lord. What company do you keep? If you belong to Jesus, you will fraternize with those who wear the livery of the cross. Birds of a feather flock together. What is your conversation? Is it heavenly or is it earthly? What have you learned of your master? For servants learn much from their masters to whom they are apprenticed. If you have served your time with Jesus, it will be said of you, as it was of Peter and John, they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. We press the question to whom belongest thou? Answer honestly before you give sleep to your eyes. If you are not Christ's, you are in a hard service. Run away from your cruel master. Enter into the service of the Lord of love, and you shall enjoy a life of blessedness. If you are Christ's, let me advise you to do four things. You belong to Jesus. Obey him. Let his word be your law. Let his wish be your will. You belong to the beloved. Then love him. LET YOUR HEART EMBRACE HIM, LET YOUR WHOLE SOUL BE FILLED WITH HIM. YOU BELONG TO THE SON OF GOD, THEN TRUST HIM. REST NOWHERE BUT ON HIM. YOU BELONG TO THE KING OF KINGS, THEN BE DECIDED FOR HIM. THUS, WITHOUT YOUR BEING BRANDED UPON THE BROW, ALL WILL KNOW TO WHOM YOU BELONG. MORNING, MARCH 13th WHY SIT WE HERE UNTIL WE DIE? second kings seven three dear reader this little book was mainly intended for the edification of believers but if you are yet unsaved our heart yearns over you and we would fain say a word which may be blessed to you open your bible and read the story of the lepers and mark their position which was much the same as yours if you remain where you are you must perish if you go to jesus you can but die "'Nothing venture, nothing win,' is the old proverb, and in your case the venture is no great one. If you sit still in sullen despair, no one can pity you when your ruin comes, but if you die with mercy sought, if such a thing were possible, you would be the object of universal sympathy. None escape who refuse to look to Jesus, but you know that at any rate some are saved who believe in him, for certain of your own acquaintances have received mercy. Then why not you?' The Ninevites said, Who can tell? Act upon the same hope, and try the Lord's mercy. To perish is so awful, that if there were but a straw to catch at, the instinct of self-preservation should lead you to stretch out your hand. We have thus been talking to you on your own unbelieving ground. We would now assure you, as from the Lord, that if you seek him, he will be found of you. Jesus casts out none who come unto him you shall not perish if you trust him, on the contrary, you shall find treasure far richer than the poor lepers gathered in Syria's deserted camp. May the Holy Spirit embolden you to go at once, and you shall not believe in vain. When you are saved yourself, publish the good news to others. Hold not your peace, tell the king's household first, and unite with them in fellowship. Let the porter of the city, the minister, be informed of your discovery, and then proclaim the good news in every place." THE LORD SAVE THEE, ERE THE SUN GOES DOWN ON THIS DAY. EVENING, MARCH 13TH THEN HE PUT FORTH HIS HAND, AND TOOK HER, AND PULLED HER IN UNTO HIM, INTO THE ARK. GENESIS 8-9 WEARIED OUT WITH HER WANDERINGS, THE DOVE RETURNS AT LENGTH TO THE ARK AS HER ONLY RESTING PLACE. HOW HEAVILY SHE FLIES! SHE WILL DROP, SHE WILL NEVER REACH THE ARK but she struggles on. Noah has been looking out for his dove all day long, and is ready to receive her. She has just strength to reach the edge of the ark, she can hardly alight upon it, and is ready to drop, when Noah puts forth his hand and pulls her in unto him. Mark that, pulled her in unto him. She did not fly right in herself, but was too fearful or too weary to do so. She flew as far as she could, and then, he put forth his hand, and pulled her in unto him. This act of mercy was shown to the wandering dove, and she was not chidden for her wanderings. Just as she was, she was pulled into the ark. So you, seeking sinner with all your sin, will be received. Only return. Those are God's two gracious words. Only return. What? Nothing else? No. Only return. She had no olive branch in her mouth this time, nothing at all, but just herself and her wanderings. But it is only return. And she does return, and Noah pulls her in. Fly, thou wanderer, fly, thou fainting one, dove as thou art. Though thou thinkest thyself to be black as the raven with the mire of sin, back, back to the Saviour. Every moment thou waitest does but increase thy misery. Thine attempts to plume thyself and make thyself fit for Jesus are all vanity. Come thou to him just as thou art. Return, thou backsliding Israel. He does not say, Return, thou repenting Israel. There is such an invitation, doubtless, but. Thou backsliding one, as a backslider with all thy backslidings about thee, Return, return, return. Jesus is waiting for thee. He will stretch forth his hand and pull thee in, Into himself, thy heart's true home. Morning, March 14th. LET HIM THAT THINKETH, HE STANDETH, TAKE HEED, LEST HE FALL. First 1 CORINTHIANS 10.12 IT IS A CURIOUS FACT THAT THERE IS SUCH A THING AS BEING PROUD OF GRACE. A MAN SAYS, I HAVE GREAT FAITH, I SHALL NOT FALL. POOR LITTLE FAITH MAY, BUT I NEVER SHALL. I HAVE FERVENT LOVE, SAYS ANOTHER. I CAN STAND, THERE IS NO DANGER OF MY GOING ASTRAY. He who boasts of grace has little grace to boast of. Some who do this imagine that their graces can keep them, knowing not that the stream must flow constantly from the fountain-head, or else the brook will soon be dry. If a continuous stream of oil comes not to the lamp, though it burn brightly to-day, it will smoke to-morrow, and noxious will be its scent. Take heed that thou gloriest not in thy graces, but let all thy glorying and confidence be in Christ and his strength, for only so canst thou be kept from falling? Be much more in prayer. Spend longer time in holy adoration. Read the scriptures more earnestly and constantly. Watch your lives more carefully. Live nearer to God. Take the best examples for your pattern. Let your conversation be redolent of heaven. Let your hearts be perfumed with affection for men's souls. So live that men may take knowledge of you that you have been with Jesus and have learned of him, AND WHEN THAT HAPPY DAY SHALL COME, WHEN HE WHOM YOU LOVE SHALL SAY, COME UP HIGHER, MAY IT BE YOUR HAPPINESS TO HEAR HIM SAY, THOU HAST FOUGHT A GOOD FIGHT, THOU HAST FINISHED THY COURSE, AND HENCEFORTH THERE IS LAID UP FOR THEE A CROWN OF RIGHTEOUSNESS, WHICH FADETH NOT AWAY. ON, CHRISTIAN, WITH CARE AND CAUTION, ON WITH HOLY FEAR AND TREMBLING, ON WITH FAITH AND CONFIDENCE IN JESUS ALONE, AND LET YOUR CONSTANT PETITION BE, Uphold me according to thy word. He is able, and he alone, to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Evening March 14th I will take heed to my ways. Psalm 39, 1 Fellow pilgrim, say not in your heart, I will go hither and thither, and I shall not sin. For you are never so out of danger of sinning as to boast of security the road is very miry it will be hard to pick your path so as not to soil your garments this is a world full of pitch you will need to watch often if in handling it you are to keep your hands clean there is a robber at every turn of the road to rob you of your jewels there is a temptation in every mercy there is a snare in every joy and if you ever reach heaven it will be a miracle of divine grace to be ascribed entirely to your father's power. Be on your guard. When a man carries a bombshell in his hand, he should mind that he does not go near a candle, and you too must take care that you enter not into temptation. Even your common actions are edged tools. You must mind how you handle them. There is nothing in this world to foster a Christian's piety, but everything to destroy it. How anxious should you be to look up to God that he may keep you, your prayer should be, Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe. Having prayed, you must also watch, guarding every thought, word, and action with holy jealousy. Do not expose yourselves unnecessarily, but if called to exposure, if you are bidden to go where the darts are flying, never venture forth without your shield, for if once the devil finds you without your buckler, he will rejoice that his hour of triumph is come, and will soon make you fall down wounded by his arrows though slain you cannot be, wounded you may be. Be sober, be vigilant, danger may be in an hour when all seemeth securest to thee. Therefore take heed to thy ways, and watch unto prayer. No man ever fell into terror through being too watchful. May the Holy Spirit guide us in all our ways, so shall they always please the Lord. Morning, March 15th BE STRONG IN THE GRACE THAT IS CHRIST JESUS. 2 TIMOTHY 2, one. CHRIST HAS GRACE WITHOUT MEASURE IN HIMSELF, BUT HE HATH NOT RETAINED IT FOR HIMSELF. AS THE RESERVOIR EMPTIES ITSELF INTO THE PIPES, SO HATH CHRIST EMPTIED OUT HIS GRACE FOR HIS PEOPLE. OF HIS FULLNESS HAVE ALL WE RECEIVED, AND GRACE FOR GRACE. HE SEEMS ONLY TO HAVE IN ORDER TO DISPENSE TO US. He stands like the fountain, always flowing, but only running in order to supply the empty pitchers and the thirsty lips which draw nigh unto it. Like a tree he bears sweet fruit, not to hang on boughs, but to be gathered by those who need. Grace, whether its work be to pardon, to cleanse, to preserve, to strengthen, to enlighten, to quicken, or to restore, is ever to be had from him freely and without price, nor is there one form of the work of grace which he has not bestowed upon his people. As the blood of the body, though flowing from the heart, belongs equally to every member, so the influences of grace are the inheritance of every saint united to the Lamb, and herein there is a sweet communion between Christ and his church, inasmuch as they both receive the same grace. Christ is the head upon which the oil is first poured, but the same oil runs to the very skirts of the garments, so that the meanest saint has an unction of the same costly moisture as that which fell upon the head this is true communion when the sap of grace flows from the stem to the branch and when it is perceived that the stem itself is sustained by the very nourishment which feeds the branch as we day by day receive grace from jesus and more constantly recognize it as coming from him we shall behold him in communion with us and enjoy the felicity of communion with him let us make daily use of our riches and ever repair to him as to our own lord and covenant TAKING FROM HIM THE SUPPLY OF ALL WE NEED WITH AS MUCH BOLDNESS AS MEN TAKE MONEY FROM THEIR OWN PURSE. EVENING, MARCH 15th HE DID IT WITH ALL HIS HEART AND PROSPERED. 2nd CHRONICLES, 31.21 This is no unusual occurrence. It is the general rule of the moral universe that those men prosper who do their work with all their hearts while those are almost certain to fail who go to their labor leaving half their hearts behind them god does not give harvests to idle men except harvests of thistles nor is he pleased to send wealth to those who will not dig in the field to find its hid treasure it is universally confessed that if a man would prosper he must be diligent in business it is the same in religion as it is in other things if you would prosper in your work with jesus let it be heart work and let it be done with all your heart PUT AS MUCH FORCE, ENERGY, HEARTINESS, AND EARNESTNESS INTO RELIGION AS EVER YOU DO INTO BUSINESS, FOR IT DESERVES FAR MORE. THE HOLY SPIRIT HELPS OUR INFIRMITIES, BUT HE DOES NOT ENCOURAGE OUR IDLENESS. HE LOVES ACTIVE BELIEVERS. WHO ARE THE MOST USEFUL MEN IN THE CHURCH? THE MEN WHO DO WHAT THEY UNDERTAKE FOR GOD WITH ALL THEIR HEARTS. WHO ARE THE MOST SUCCESSFUL SABBATH SCHOOL TEACHERS? THE MOST TALENTED? NO. THE MOST ZEALOUS. THE MEN WHOSE HEARTS ARE ON FIRE those are the men who see their Lord riding forth, prosperously, in the majesty of his salvation. Wholeheartedness shows itself in perseverance. There may be failure at first, but the earnest worker will say, It is the Lord's work, and it must be done. My Lord has bidden me to do it, and in his strength I will accomplish it. Christian, art thou thus with all thine heart, serving thy master? Remember the earnestness of Jesus. Think what heart-work was his. He could say, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. When he sweat great drops of blood, it was no light burden he had to carry upon those blessed shoulders. And when he poured out his heart, it was no weak effort he was making for the salvation of his people. Was Jesus in earnest? And are we all lukewarm? Morning, March sixteenth. I am a stranger with thee. Psalm thirty nine twelve. Yes, O Lord with thee but not to thee all my natural alienation from thee thy grace has effectually removed and now in fellowship with thyself i walk through this sinful world as a pilgrim in a foreign country thou art a stranger in thine own world man forgets thee dishonours thee sets up new laws and alien customs and knows thee not when thy dear son came unto his own his own received him not he was in the world and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Never was foreigner so speckled a bird among the denizens of any land as thy beloved son among his mother's brethren. It is no marvel, then, if I, who live the life of Jesus, should be unknown and a stranger here below. Lord, I would not be a citizen where Jesus was an alien. His pierced hand has loosened the cords which once bound my soul to earth, AND NOW I FIND MYSELF A STRANGER IN THE LAND. MY SPEECH SEEMS TO THESE BABYLONIANS AMONG WHOM I DWELL AN OUTLANDISH TONGUE. MY MANNERS ARE SINGULAR, AND MY ACTIONS ARE STRANGE. A Tartar WOULD BE MORE AT HOME IN CHEAPSIDE THAN I COULD EVER BE IN THE haunts OF SINNERS. BUT HERE IS THE SWEETNESS OF MY LOT. I AM A STRANGER WITH THEE. THOU ART MY FELLOW-SUFFERER, MY FELLOW-PILGRIM. OH, WHAT JOY TO WANDER IN SUCH BLESSED SOCIETY! My heart burns within me, by the way, when thou dost speak to me, and though I be a sojourner, I am far more blessed than those who sit on thrones, and far more at home than those who dwell in their sealed houses. To me remains nor place nor time, my country is in every clime. I can be calm and free from care on any shore, since God is there. While place we seek or place we shun, the soul finds happiness in none. BUT WITH A GOD TO GUIDE OUR WAY, TIS EQUAL JOY TO GO OR STAY. EVENING, MARCH 16th KEEP BACK THY SERVANT ALSO FROM PRESUMPTUOUS SINS. PSALM 1913 SUCH WAS THE PRAYER OF THE MAN AFTER GOD'S OWN HEART. DID HOLY DAVID NEED TO PRAY THUS? HOW NEEDFUL THEN MUST SUCH A PRAYER BE FOR US BABES IN GRACE. It is as if he said, Keep me back, or I shall rush headlong over the precipice of sin. Our evil nature, like an ill-tempered horse, is apt to run away. May the grace of God put the bridle upon it and hold it in, that it rush not into mischief. What might not the best of us do, if it were not for the checks which the Lord sets upon us both in providence and in grace? The psalmist's prayer is directed against the worst form of sin, that which is done with deliberation and wilfulness. Even the holiest need to be kept back from the vilest transgressions. It is a solemn thing to find the Apostle Paul warning saints against the most loathsome sins. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness which is idolatry. What? Do saints want warning against such sins as these? Yes, they do. The whitest robes, unless their purity be preserved by divine grace, will be defiled by the blackest spots. Experienced Christian, boast not in your experience. You will trip yet if you look away from him who is able to keep you from falling. Ye whose love is fervent, whose faith is constant, whose hopes are bright, say not, We shall never sin, but rather cry, LEAD US NOT INTO TEMPTATION. THERE IS ENOUGH TINDER IN THE HEART OF THE BEST OF MEN TO LIGHT A FIRE THAT SHALL BURN TO THE LOWEST HELL, UNLESS GOD SHALL QUENCH THE SPARKS AS THEY FALL. WHO WOULD HAVE DREAMED THAT RIGHTEOUS LOT COULD BE FOUND DRUNKEN AND COMMITTING UNCLEANNESS? Hazael SAID, IS THY SERVANT A DOG THAT HE SHOULD DO THIS THING? AND WE ARE VERY APT TO USE THE SAME SELF-RIGHTEOUS QUESTION. MAY INFINITE WISDOM cure us of the madness of self-confidence morning march seventeenth remember the poor galatians two ten why does god allow so many of his children to be poor he could make them all rich if he pleased he could lay bags of gold at their doors he could send them a large annual income or he could scatter round their houses abundance of provisions as once he made the quails lie in heaps round the camp of israel "'and rained bread out of heaven to feed them. "'There is no necessity that they should be poor, "'except that he sees it to be best. "'The cattle upon a thousand hills are his. "'He could supply them. "'He could make the richest, the greatest, and the mightiest "'bring all their power and riches to the feet of his children, "'for the hearts of all men are in his control. "'But he does not choose to do so. "'He allows them to suffer want. "'He allows them to pine in penury and obscurity. "'Why is this?' There are many reasons. One is to give us, who are favored with enough, an opportunity of showing our love to Jesus. We show our love to Christ when we sing of him and when we pray to him, but if there were no sons of need in the world, we should lose the sweet privilege of evidencing our love by ministering and almsgiving to his poorer brethren. He has ordained that thus we should prove that our love standeth not in word only, but in deed and in truth. If we truly love Christ, we shall care for those who are loved by him those who are dear to him will be dear to us. Let us then look upon it not as a duty, but as a privilege to relieve the poor of the Lord's flock. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, Inasmuch as ye have done it, unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Surely this assurance is sweet enough, and this motive strong enough, to lead us to help others with a willing hand and a loving heart, recollecting that all we do for his people is graciously accepted by Christ, AS DONE TO HIMSELF. EVENING, MARCH 17th BLESSED ARE THE PEACEMAKERS, FOR THEY SHALL BE CALLED THE CHILDREN OF GOD. MATTHEW 5, 9 This is the seventh of the Beatitudes, and seven was the number of perfection among the Hebrews. It may be that the Saviour placed the peacemaker the seventh upon the list because he most nearly approaches the perfect man in Christ Jesus. He who would have perfect blessedness so far as it can be enjoyed on earth must attain to this seventh benediction and become a peacemaker there is a significance also in the position of the text the verse which precedes it speaks of the blessedness of the pure in heart for they shall see god it is well to understand that we are to be first pure then peaceable our peaceableness is never to be a compact with sin or toleration of evil we must set our faces like flints against everything which is contrary to God and His holiness. Purity, being in our souls a settled matter, we can go on to peaceableness. Not less does the verse that follows seem to have been put there on purpose. However peaceable we may be in this world, yet we shall be misrepresented and misunderstood, and no marvel, for even the Prince of Peace, by his very peacefulness, brought fire upon the earth. He himself, though he loved mankind and did no ill, was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. Lest, therefore, the peaceable in heart should be surprised when they meet with enemies, it is added in the following verse, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Thus, the peacemakers are not only pronounced to be blessed, but they are compassed about with blessings. Lord, Give us grace to climb to this seventh beatitude, purify our minds, that we may be first pure, then peaceable, and fortify our souls, that our peaceableness may not lead us into cowardice and despair, when, for thy sake, we are persecuted. End of March 11th to 17th